Zod Khan joins us live in studio this week on I'm Not Selling You Anything in an episode that the King of Spain is calling the finest 20 minutes on the internet, but in Spanish. Zod is a sales leader that hates BDR Appreciation Week. Why? Because he thinks it's bullshit. Instead, he takes action within organizations to give the role the respect it deserves versus a week full of lift service and pizza parties. Based out of Toronto, Saad is also a DJ, which makes this episode's mixtape a can't miss. It's in the show notes. Pull up a chair and stick around. Get to know Saad a little bit differently. Bye-bye! Here's a fact. Personalized video outreach is amazing for connecting with customers. It 5Xs email responses, 2Xs LinkedIn replies. You get meaningful engagement, but it can be a bit of a drag. It's just really time-consuming. SendSpark makes video outreach easy. Got a long list of leads you need to engage? SendSpark's dynamic backgrounds and templates gets you there in a quarter of the time. Overslept? Look like you do on picture day with SendSpark's camera effects and filters. There's lots of uses. Steve over at SalesBricks loves being able to couple their existing product demos with a custom introduction video, and then using the dashboard to see when and how many times a customer's watched. Says he can't sell without it. Put down the handheld whiteboard and make video outreach a repeatable process that treats your leads like VIPs. Head over to www.sensepark.com and sign up for free. Go now! Saad, welcome to SendSpark Studio South here in sunny Austin, Texas. Thank you so much for joining me on I'm Not Selling You Anything. How you doing? <laughs> doing great. How you been? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Do you want to jump into it? Let's do it. Let's jump into it. Saad, what is your superhero origin moment? You looked at the world one way, then something yeah. happened, and that moment has led you to where you are today. This is an honest story. Last year, right. or in the last two years, as soon as socialists popped off, everybody wanted to just Let's appreciate BDRs, BDR Appreciation Week and all that stuff. I cringe at that stuff. I saw people making BDR Appreciation Week after underpaying their BDRs and then giving them pizzas and then one week to just highlight that. So I was like, this is the most cringe thing ever. So I stopped BDR Appreciation Week and at my old company, what I did was we paid my BDRs a lower variable, but an AE level salary as base. And we are a PLG company at Dooley. We had so many inbounds that we were like, hey, you know what? Let's just hire experienced BDRs and get them to close their own deals and pay them the money versus giving them the BDR Appreciation Week. So that cringe moment made me want to go, let's <laughs> right. give the role the respect that it deserves versus a week to appreciate them. How did that change your trajectory in the role that you were in? Yeah, it's funny. When I was starting in my current company, my CEO had asked me, why do you want to be a BDR manager? Why not a sales manager? I was like, my name is Ryan New. I was like, Ryan, I have a track record of building closers versus people want to go into sales leadership to manage closers. So at Dooley, what my reps were doing, we were open and loud about it. Our product had capabilities to help move meetings along, help deals along. It would hear the objection and answer it for you. So we just created an entire narrative and publicly we're like, hey, we're gonna get our BDRs to close their own deals. Judge us in five, six months. And you know what? It happened. We actually did it. It happened. We were publicly sharing our opinion and people started looking at me like God of BDRs. I was like, no, I'm sorry I'm saying that out loud, but no, I truly am not. All I did was let's take all the insecurities that BDRs have and let's move past that. Let's respect the role. Yeah, let's you give them the money they deserve. About it. I feel like you beat that drum about kind yeah. of like respect for the BDR. You are one of a few of the very outspoken voices on LinkedIn to that end. Would you agree? Thank you. I would. You know what? I've learned to take compliments. Yes, I would. All right. Awesome. Saad, walk me through some drama. Has any video outbound that you've made 
sent out to a prospect come across terribly? You wanted a specific yeah. result and you got the complete opposite. Yeah. So I actually started my career selling to lawyers and I sent a message to <clears throat> a managing director after having read her bio where she mentioned her love for walks and her dog and everything she did was about her dog. Her life okay. was about her dog, Molly. Now, I sent her a video and it was all about her love for Molly and I just tried to disconnect the dots and stuff like that. I got a response back. She's dead. She's like, take no. me off your list. Your research is half-baked. Molly passed away. I was like, no. <laughs> so that's, that's very good. Thank you so much for sharing that one. Molly's dead. I think that's what we're yeah. going to name this episode. Molly's dead. Copy, <laughs> right? It was one yeah, out of no, many. No. And I know that video outbounding, it's something that you teach to your BDRs, like kind of being able to use that up a little bit. There's another actually instance that happened there. When I first became a leader, I went to this company mm -hmm. called Enable and my entire thing was always video prospecting. I was like, okay, let's teach everybody video prospecting. And the company trusted me enough that without even testing it out, without even seeing, and we used to use Outlook and there was extreme spam blockers. This company sold rebate management software, which is volumetric discounts. SaaS does not do rebates. So we were selling to electrical equipment companies, manufacturing yep. companies, just people that don't know modern outbound and they don't care about video. Guess what? Everybody hits pitch slap at that company. Pitch slap used to work. I've done a bit of everything. Anyways, important over here. I wanted to introduce video prospecting. We bought Vidyard. We bought the free version of it. SenseSpark was not there at that time. But anyways, guess what? The emails never got opened. They never got through the spam blockers. The entire project failed. So there's this entire idea about sales and outbound that people bite on to best practices and everything works and everything doesn't work. I've truly learned the hard way that everything works and everything doesn't work. You have to wait, figure so out what's wait, right for your business. You tried your thing like normal and it just didn't work out for you. Blew up in my face. What was the reason for that? A few things. There was a lot of spam blockers. Even normal emails would not get open sometimes. They would end up in spam. Second okay. thing was, I think not understanding our ICP too well. I think that's where a lot of sales goes wrong. Everybody goes wrong. It's like, hey, I did this at Salesforce. I think we can do this for you. No, if you're calling and selling Salesforce and you call somebody and say, hey, we're Salesforce, it's a completely different strategy, completely different ball game to calling and saying, hey, we're a Series B company, Series A company, C shit company. You don't know us, but talk to us. So that's where I fell short. They understand our ICP too well. Just sales guys, I know I know everything that's good. Let's just do it. And not testing it out before buying and investing so much. There are two things have to be done. Let's run some tests to see if it's viable and then move forward. Saad, who do you look up to professionally? Oh, simple, very simple answer, Ryan Reynolds. If you think about Ryan Reynolds' business, he sold Mint Mobile for 1.5 billion. He sold Aviation Gin for God knows how long. But do you know what are some of the most brilliant things he was doing? Ryan Reynolds keeps his eyes and ears open to the social. When the Peloton fiasco had happened, when that Peloton ad went out, you know, there was some weird drama about the wife and her husband bought her oh, the Peloton. Oh, yeah, the face she was making, yeah. right? And then he yeah. yeah. He hired her the very next day when this entire thing was hot and she was on an Aviation Gin ad the very next day. So while that entire controversy was hot, he got got yeah. 20, million engagement impressions. Same thing with Mint Mobile. And he bought Wrexham, the football club, for $2 million, made a Netflix documentary, and now that team is worth a few hundred million. And they're promoted out of the championship into the National League, into the championship, which is the, right. one of the most difficult things to do in the football pyramid. So this guy who started out as an actor, a good guy, a funny man, is actually one of the most brilliant business minds out there right now. That's a great call on Ryan Reynolds. Next question. <laughs> yeah. Todd, how are you seeing people buy SaaS differently these days? And what can sales teams do to keep up? Yeah. First of all, let's just accept the fact that there's so much software saturation going on right now. <laughs> Eating the world. It's beyond. The biggest shift 
that I've actually seen happen is I think we've moved away from buying, hey, there's this one company that does this one thing really well to actually being like, hey, no, you know what? Instead of spending $120,000 for one feature, why don't we buy something that has multiple tools built in? And it's not a feature, it's actually a solution. So we've moved away from single point solutions to just, you know, like SenseBark. I think one of the reasons why it stands out is you have more functionality there. You can do a lot more with your content. Content is everywhere right now. Whether it's shopping, changing, et cetera, et cetera, cetera. you have more functionality. You have more features at hand. You can do more with your prospecting, stuff like that. And there's so many examples there. The whole idea of letting people stay on one screen to do more than one thing and eliminate that context switch. I think a lot of companies are trying to build products that way and sell products that way. And the audience is more educated than ever. People are thinking about it that way. It's like, hey, if I'm trying to do my job, why do I have to continue to shift things here and there? So to kind of tie it all together, we've shifted away from a solution being brilliant to do one thing to a solution mm-hmm. being brilliant to be able to execute a motion, do a full thing together. But there's not just one video, let's do the full thing with video editing and all that good stuff. Not just moving pipeline along, but give me a tool that helps me make pipeline, move it along and make some money. Yeah, so consolidation of the tech stack there. Yeah. The other thing that I've seen is I don't think you're winning if you're the first person in the category. I think you're at a disadvantage. SenseBark is one of the biggest examples of that right now. It's almost like like those first ones just kind of held the door open. Hey, 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 real quick. If you think you're too early to use SalesBricks, you're wrong. Why? Because you're never too early to get started on the right foot. Price, quote, and invoice your customers on day one with sales infrastructure that scales with you. No more building this from scratch and having 15 different tools that have to shell out for and keep up with. I mean, you wouldn't start a company without an email address. Then why would you start selling software without SalesBricks? Head on over to www.salesbricks.com and start building better revenue today. I see that you're on our website. Why do you feel so strongly about video as a means to drive revenue? And how has this helped you and those that you've worked with? Yeah, again, this goes back to what I was mentioning earlier that this is probably gonna be the most cliche thing I've said today. And I know I've said quite a few cliche things. (laughs) I got my start and I got my success in my start in a very complex space using video. All I've done through my career is trying to evolve that use. So a few things over there. Video is brilliant for booking meetings. My VP of sales said this two weeks ago that I've gotten two video prospecting messages in the last three months and I replied to them. I didn't book meetings, but I replied to them. That stands out. Kyle Coleman is all over LinkedIn. He said this multiple times, the amount of prospecting messages I get and the amount of videos that are there to stand out, not that many. That's, so that's right, Kyle part. says that all the time. Yeah, it's a pattern disrupt, it stands out. Second thing is, is by the time you're deep into deal cycles, your prospects are asking you difficult questions where an email just wouldn't do it and they don't have the time to get onto the call. I personally think your speech gets delivered way better with emotions and through facial expressions and reactions. Yeah. There's something very powerful. Goes back to the point I was making earlier. I started seeing more success as soon as I started doing my demos with my face versus my prospects seeing just a black screen. So I'm seeing value of video in moving deals along, closing deals along, having difficult conversations. And I think the last part of that is there's so many other internal use cases as well for video. I think the biggest issue is enablement and businesses don't really buy into video that much. They think of it as a nice to have versus a must have. I have seen next to no companies that have an enablement program that focuses on video. That's such a massive gap. And that's the issue why. So the reason why I'm on your website banner is because I really love working with Bethany. We were on a podcast together. And that's where I said this line that video allows you to do personalization at scale. The example earlier about Molly. Now think about this. I could go outbound. It's a bad example, but I'll still use that example. (laughs) 
think about this. It's here. It's out in the ether now. So let's just commit That's to right. it. That's right. Yeah. Molly right? is part of all of us now. She is. Rest <laughs> in peace, Molly. Thank you for everything. I have to book a meeting in an account. And yeah. we realize that by the time you get to enterprise, I'm not booking meeting with one person. I'm trying to book a meeting with the entire organization and the entity. Now, I have a limited touch points I can do. I have a limited time I can do those in. What if I can find a way to create a message that's relevant to an entire team versus individuals in there. And what if I can send that message to multiple people in a way that it stands out to all of them? AKA Brian, you're a growth expert. You work with a team of growth experts. Something that's top of mind for you is to see if you're getting engagement on your content and if those content engagement is actually converting into deals. How do yeah. you guarantee that you're getting XYZ from this, right? That's a question that's always gonna to be top of mind for you. If I can find a way to send that to multiple of those people yeah, in a way that anyone stands on the out, growth team. there you go. Relevance at scale. That makes sense why you're working with SenseBark. We're video for sales that scales and all. So, all right, man, thank you are. so much for that answer. I mean, that's why we have you up there. The new wave of prospecting is all about delivering personalization and relevance at scale. Beautifully put. Saad, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, that changes from time to time. Right now, it's Kinder Bueno, because I literally had it two nights ago. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Kinder Bueno, yeah. okay. It's actually chocolate hazelnut, but then Nutella happened. So the reason why I said Kinder Bueno is because A, it's my favorite candy bar. B, I went to, there's this really cool area in Toronto called Kensington Market, which is like a hipster market. You walk around, there's really cool food spots and stuff uh -huh. like that. And there's a- Lots of mustaches. Oh, oh, hell yes, brother. Hell yes. There's a gelateria there, and they had like four or five flavors at the end of the night. They were all out. And I just went for Kinder Bueno, and man, I am literally just salivating thinking about it right so now. So Kinder was Bueno was left over. It was one yeah, of the ones that yeah. was left. Yeah. So you got the one that was the throwaway and ended up being an experience for you. Saad, what do you do when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused? Mm. What gets you back on track? I love the fact that I think I have a good work-life balance to the point that I would literally message my boss and my reps in the middle of the day that, hey, I have to go get a quick workout and clear my mind. I was mentioning to you earlier that I love music. I DJ house music on the weekends for some, What's you your know, DJ name? Das. It's Saad backwards, Das. And in German, nice. Das it. Das techno. That's right. Das. Brian, I'll tell you this. I put some thought into this. It's just saying. <laughs> what I like to do, yeah. So I'll try and work out in the middle of the day to clear my mm -hmm. brain. I'll just, in the middle of my meetings, I'll just blast the bass in my ears. And I try to just really accept the fact that I need money to live my life, but I also need to live my life so I can continue to make my money. Yeah, right? It's like the dog eating its tail. Yeah. Actually, every <laughs> company I've been at, I have a rule, no meeting Mondays. I don't take internal meetings on Mondays. I like to do focus work on Mondays. I'll take customer calls because obviously you can't, Of you know. course. Yeah. So I think that's exactly it. It's just being very honest and open about what gets me going, what puts me back. And I'm open about my stressors, my anxieties. There was a time that I wasn't. And then till I was, I started getting more respect from people. Truly. That's awesome. It's something that hasn't come across on any of the episodes. When you become more open with your colleagues about your anxiety, you garner more respect. That's pretty cool. Thank you. And I do believe it. It's just it's something that isn't really vocalized too often. And let's kind of open that a little bit. It's for obvious reasons. <clears throat> Sometimes it doesn't work in your favor and things like that. But I think it goes back to when I like to start at a company, I like to make some really important relationships from the start and be honest with those people. When I was interviewing with my old boss, Michelle Peach at Dooley, my mm -hmm. interview was on a Monday. First thing I said to her, I was like, Michelle, I am hungover. And she's like, ah, so that means you're normal. That was the start nice. of our interview. I That's am not so making good. this up. That was the start of my interview. And at the end of it, 
And I was interviewing as an AE, but I focused on everything, this, that, et cetera, et cetera. At the end of my interview, she says, I thought you're way too overqualified to be an AE over here. What do you want to do at Dooley? I said, really? You. I was waiting for you to say that. Let's build this BDR team together. So actually, that's also part of my superhero origin story. That is really good. Thank you. Saad, what is something absurd or unusual about yourself that you absolutely love? What makes you weird? Yeah. I honestly used to find it really weird that I did not cry too much after my breakups in my life. I was fine very early. I haven't cried and worried too much about getting laid off or getting fired. I've been fine earlier than I would have thought. I always find it a bit weird that I've always been a really positive and unnecessarily energetic and just sometimes in your face (laughs) person. And I don't mean it that way, but that's my insecurity talking out loud, right? Then started working in SaaS and realized that everybody's depressed. Everybody's stressed out and people want to gravitate towards people that are positive and energetic. I think that that's probably one of the biggest things that I'm most proud of that I somehow got really comfortable in my own skin and there was nothing wrong with that part of my skin. Yeah. After going <laughs> yeah, through yeah, yeah, yeah. some tribulations in my career. And that also adds into the fact that I am also an overthinker, but I like to use it now strategically. Think about this, right? Overthinkers think okay. about all outcomes, the good, the bad, the ugly. I've tried to really be like, okay, when bad things happen, why? And what are all the things that could happen so I can backtrack and avoid that? If good things will happen how and why for those that are just listening to this Saad gets to work with a fantastic head of hair. Easily, easily <laughs> the best I've seen in SAS. You look like a silver Toronto fox. Thank you so Thank much you. for that answer, Saad. What kind of music do you like to listen to? I love house music. I love that dirty, filthy, just those grungy beats. But more focus, Gorgon City, I absolutely love. They're a band out of the UK. I'll give a more generic answer because my old company, they were our investors. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, Chainsmokers, I like to dabble with them. Just a very... Because, yeah. again, I think... Dude, when they first came is... out, they had some bangers. They had some yeah, good yeah, songs. Yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah, yeah. did they sell out and become corny in a way? Of course. Yeah. Like, any other band, right? There's this guy, Nick Fanciulli, brilliant. And I'm educating people on some good house music right now. So like, guys, this is awesome. take... No, no, no. So Gorgon City, Chainsmokers, yeah. Nick Fanciulli. And my favorite all-time DJ, my idol, my god, Dubfire. I'm excited for this yeah. playlist. No one says house music ever. Saad, we've arrived at the final question of the interview. It happens to be everyone's favorite question. It's mm-hmm. the billboard question. Are you ready? I'm ready. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Very, very simple answer for me. It would be a side-by-side comparison of my transformation from back in university. I actually lost 100 pounds in nine months. And I kid you not, my life, the way I look, the way people treated me, it changed. A little bit of confidence, what it can do for you, is just wild. Just, 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 just completely wild. So there's no deeper meaning behind it. No. It is simply a... a it's a flex. <laughs> it's a just it's a flex. flex. Yo, yeah. we're going to put this. Wait, so. I'll send you the pictures. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll send you I'm the thinking. pictures. Like, I'm like, all right, I need to ask you for pictures of you with a shirt off. So, yeah. yeah. I, I got you. <laughs> no, I got but, you. you know, I got send you. whatever. I'm literally going to put it on the billboard, the graphic that I make. So, transformation pictures, lost 100 pounds in nine months. That seems like it wasn't the easiest thing to do. And neither are sitting down with strangers almost strangers and doing a podcast and getting asked 
peppered a bunch of questions. <laughs> Saad, thank you so much for spending time with me and answering these questions. We love you over at SendSpark. So much that you are on our website. I wasn't kidding about that. <laughs> Anyone can go to SendSpark.com and see him on there. He's right on the homepage. And if you want to see him in real life, you can take a trip up to Toronto and hang out with him, right? A little house Absolutely. music, some little dirty house, Gorgon City. I'm also the food guy. I do tours in Toronto, so subtle invite, subtle invite. All right, good looks, man. How do you think we did? I think we did really well. I really enjoyed it. I think at some points I was talking really fast, and then I tried to just calm myself down a little bit, but that's unfortunately me. That's what happens to me when I get excited. I don't know if you noticed yeah. how fast. I was talking at the beginning. Saad, yeah, thank you so yeah. much, bro. You're the man. How great of a dog is Molly? Two strangers and about 1,500 people just heard her story. Saad, thanks again for having joined me on the show. I'm going to take you up on heading up to Toronto. Seems like a good time. And thanks to you, our listeners, for coming through every single week. Tune in next week when I interview the sixth god, Drake. What? That's not 